Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. How are you? Good. Sorry. Let me put my volume up so I can hear you. No problem. How's everything going with you? Oh, look, everything is pretty good right now. I mean, given the circumstances, we are in level four in New Zealand. So long story short, like we can't, uh, we can't leave home to go to the park or anything like that. We can literally just go to the supermarket. And wow. at the supermarket, the line is like everyone's two meters apart from each other. Uh, there's sure. lines down the road. But I mean, you know, our, our prime minister, I think, did a really good job with that. And, um, you know, like it's... Uh, it's good. It's a good. It's it's a good system that we've got going here. Um, when like I think about a couple of weeks ago, there was like seventy eight cases each day, and now wow. it's down to about twenty eight. So it's working. So hopefully we can leave soon because there's only so many times I can beat my brother in tennis. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's good that you guys are at least able to hit. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of places they can't. What do, what? How long have you guys been in this like lockdown? So we have been in lockdown. That's a good question. I think it's coming up to about two and a half weeks now. And yeah. so I think they're going to make a decision around April 21st, whether or not level four will be lifted or not. Um, they're yeah. also trying to figure out whether, you know, schools will be um, reopened. Now the word here is right. that some of the schools for like high school and intermediate and primary school children are not going to open until September. And they're going to continue to do it online. Um, yeah. I think they're just really trying to crack down now hard early so then obviously we can get out of it later on as opposed to just sort of, you know, giving up this process early and then something else happening down the road and then back to square one. So sure, yeah, not too sure. How's it where you guys are? Uh, it's kind of similar to that. You know, we've, we've been, um, we've been doing the home work from home thing for this I can't remember if it's the third week or the fourth week we've done this. So I actually think it's been four weeks. I think we came, we were told the second one, two, this is the fourth week. So we almost finished four weeks. Yeah. yeah. Three and a half weeks like you, it sounds like, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's getting old, you know, and, yeah. and it's, I think what's the biggest problem is, you know, especially, you know, I don't think people are, used to having their whole family home right? yeah. the whole day and like my daughter school is now online and luckily this is her what we call spring break in america so they're they get a whole week of no school right uh, but other than that you know we were kind of having to help her with school and then keep her occupied and then my wife is working full-time yeah from home and then i'm okay. doing the same thing so it's uh it's tough yeah. right it's tough yeah. to juggle everything you know and um and I would say, you know, things are probably starting, like you, starting to get back to normal a little bit. Right. But, you know, first couple of weeks, we were freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Right? And yeah. uh, it sounds like with you guys, too, things are getting better. It's getting better here. Yeah, no, things are getting better. Um, I mean, we're just making do, like, the best we can with the situation. And, you know, like, you know, we can still go for walks around the block and go sure, for the front, but... Yeah. Just got to stay pretty like whoever you live with. You got to stay close to them. Right. And you can't drift yeah. off. But right. I mean, 
being the older sibling in the family and then got a younger brother and younger sister, uh, you know, right. sometimes <laughs> it does have those battles. But um, I can tell you one sure. thing. Um, I haven't lost a board game since we've been in lockdown. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I'm still, still grinding through my brother. I beat him in poker, beat him in articulate. So. <laughs> that will uh, – don't ever let him forget it, you know. No, so definitely won't. So, um, so Chris, so how – so, like, last time we met would have been a few years ago when yeah. we were in New York. Um, yeah, it's probably been two – what is that? Maybe a year – it's been a, two years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, we would have just been starting out at LSU. So, yes, um, yes, that's right. Yeah, it's been – have you – you didn't go back last year, right? No. So, uh, you no. just were there because your brother was playing, right? That's right, yeah. So, I remember I had a coffee with you and we spoke a bit and um, you're telling me about, you know, you're going to be co-head coaching with your dad as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I thought this would be a good opportunity to have a chat with you and, you know, learn a little bit more about the LSU program. Like since we last met – um, you know, we've had the opportunity to work with a wide range of athletes from different countries. Um, sure. You know, like we've just got a new uh, partnership with an academy in Queensland, Australia, which is arguably one of the most dominant um, academies there. And they produce an insane amount of athletes. So I thought it'd be good to like uh, get you on the camera, talk to you a bit about the LSU program and, you know, find out about what recruits, et cetera, that you look for and what sort of things you look for within that recruit, whether it's tennis or attitude. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about yourself and about how you got into tennis. Um, I know that, you know, you competed in Davis Cup. Um, you, won, you won some good matches there. Obviously, your dad was a, is a very, very well-known coach in the college system and also in the world of tennis. But how did yeah. you get into it? Well, I mean, naturally, like a lot of things people do, you know, my family was a tennis family. Right. And uh, my dad had played tennis and his brother had played tennis. And, um, you know, that, that's all I ever knew as a little kid growing up. Right. And, and uh, my dad, as far as back as I can remember was coaching. And when I was a little kid was the women's head coach at the university of Florida. Yeah. Um, and also was coaching a lot of professionals too. Yes. Um, all, all throughout, you know, the eighties and nineties when I was growing up. So I was around the game, right? And then I would go to little tennis camps kind of thing. And then naturally some of my friends played and my mother even played and was a pretty good club level player. Um, and then, you know, just like anything else, once you start putting some time and effort, if you have a little bit of talent, you get better and then you want to play more, right? Right. And, um, you know, I got lucky with obviously my dad was my coach and, and gave me some good instruction. So I had a good foundation and um, even the town I grew up in, there was uh, a fair amount of kids that ended up playing tennis in college at, at all right. kinds of different schools. So there were a lot of guys uh, that I got, you know, got to practice with as a young kid. And, and, and I got to see, um, you know, a lot of college tennis, men's and women's, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, naturally that was kind of a goal of mine was to play at, at least the highest level in college tennis. Right. That's fantastic. And I mean, you, you, you worked with yourself, like you mentioned your dad coached some professionals, but you've also worked with some professionals. You worked with Elena Dementieva. Um, you also worked with Ryan, who won the Junior US Open. Talk to us a yeah. bit about that experience. Well, that was, that was when I was first starting out. I, I was probably more of a hitting partner with Elena, and uh, she was my father and Harold Solomon were coaching her a little bit. Right. Um, but there were other pros that I worked with, like Laura Granville, Ryan Sweeting when he was first starting out. Um, yeah, I don't even know why I'm forgetting, but there was a fair amount of these people. And this was my first, 
uh, introduction to coaching at, uh, after school. Yeah. And I even got to be a hitting partner for the Fed Cup. Wow. And so was around some uh, some good players then and great coaches. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I've always been lucky to be around uh, great players, great coaches, and have always had the chance to learn from everybody, right? And uh, I've always been a big believer you got to, you got to find your own path, even if you've got mentors and you got to see what works for you. And uh, I've been lucky to be around some great coaches my whole life. And, yeah. uh, but, um, but, you know, I think tennis, whether it's men's, women's high, uh, you know, high performance, even just club level tennis, you know, it's, they're all equally difficult and you've got to find what works best for that player. And you got to have a, um, you know, you've got to find a good, you uh, personality mesh with that person right yes. and even though there you may be a great coach or there may be a great coach out there that may not be the right coach for you right, right. so you've got to constantly be uh, adapting and and trying to figure out that player and um you know it's 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 a great profession it changes all the time and, and i'm lucky uh, to do what i do with my dad every day yeah absolutely and you know like you spent a lot of time in florida um, did you ever work closely with guys like Nick Boletieri? So I didn't, but my dad did when he was first starting out coaching. Uh, he worked at the Boletieri Tennis Academy in the early 80s. And this was when, you know, all the great, this was the first yeah. academy of its kind in the world. And him and his brother, I think, were there, you know, like I said, early 80s. And he worked with tons of great players when he was just starting out. Um, you know, and I, I never really spent time there much as a junior. I, I did go to the Saddlebrook Academy some when okay. I was probably like 15, 16. And at that time, there were some great players and coaches there. And, right. um, you know, so that Florida at the time was kind of the first place that had those academies, right? And yeah. now you see that model spread out around the world and different <laughs> sports even, right? But, but tennis and now IMG Academy is not just a tennis academy. Yeah. Right? Now it's, now it's, uh, you know, every single sport. Literally, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was started, you know, I don't even know. Now it's been almost 40 years ago um, down in Florida, and, and, um, and, it's, and it's blossoming into something completely different. But, but um, yeah, I mean, what a great place to grow up, Florida, as a kid, uh, especially at that time, tennis was booming. And, um, you know, it was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. And Funny, um, just to just to get a little bit of a on a on a side rail over here. Um, I met a guy last year in Fiji, and he works for the U.S. Embassy, and his name's Paul, and he actually played American football for LSU about seven years ago. Yeah, so when he knew, I told him that I knew you, and um, he got absolutely pumped, and he looked after me. And that's the thing I like about college: like once you know you've got a connection with the school, like everyone looks after each other, and. <laughs> Was that sort of why you wanted to get into college tennis or what was your reason? Um, you know, I think as, again, as a kid growing up, I was exposed to it probably more so than most people, yeah. but you know, tennis is a unique sport in that you don't get that team aspect. Right. And, right. and you know, there might be, when you're a kid, you might join a, a team of some sort, or you might play in a team competition, but for the, for the most part, you're on your own. And, uh, I did play other team sports growing up and I enjoyed basketball and soccer and baseball yeah, sure. and those sort of things. And, um, you know, I think I really was drawn to college tennis, especially, and then I'm watching Davis cup on TV, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I loved college tennis as a kid. I loved looking at, you know, when I was, let's say I was a, not even a teenager, I would go and watch these great teams play men's and women's and, 
and uh, they were the people I looked up to, right, as athletes. So, you know, naturally, that was just something I wanted to do. And then, you know, you, of course, when you go play a tournament, even if it's a big tournament, yeah, you got people cheering for you, but it's really just your friends and family, right? And, and uh, <laughs> but when you watch a Davis Cup or you watch a, um, you know, a college tennis match, I mean, you got hundreds, maybe thousands of people rooting for you, right? And, and, and that's not an experience you usually get in tennis. Um, unless you're one of the best in the world. Right. So, um, you know, even I, you know, I saw your brother played at the U S open and and I know that's a good experience, but there wasn't that many people rooting for him. Right. (laughs) It's just you guys and your family. And, um, you know, but when he goes and plays Davis cup, it's a totally different deal. Right. And, and, um, I wanted to be a part of something like that. And that's what, you know, really motivated me was to try to work hard and become a good, you know, good enough player that I could, playing at a big school in college that was my goal you know yeah totally like you absolutely nailed it I mean I remember like you know standing with you watching Ajit play um and the qualities at the US Open and there's was only college coaches (laughs) trying to recruit someone like and they weren't even in the main facility you know they were in the outskirts and maybe in the love you know and uh, you know so it's you know it's I think Personally, the best experiences I've ever had in tennis are in college or in Davis Cup, which I played for for a year. And that was just a tremendous experience. And, you know, because it's a team aspect, you get to play for something greater than yourself. And and um, you even hear tons of great players on the tour. They they love their time in, in playing for their country um, or the players that played in college. I mean, they still speak fondly of that experience. And because yeah. and, uh, tennis can be a lonely sport. Yes. It's tough out there on your own. And, and, you know, you don't really, uh, what's nice about college and all sports is you get a great team behind you and, uh, not just your teammates, not just your coaches, but through the school, you know, you're going to have great resources academically and from a physio standpoint, uh, even mental health professionals that help you doctors. Um, you know, it's, it's an ama- tremendous team behind you that probably only the best, tennis players in the world have right you're talking yeah. the best five or ten players have totally. those resources right um where they're traveling with trainers traveling with uh coaches traveling with you know stringers that kind of thing right oh, yeah. and uh, and you know guys ranked 100 in the world they don't get that you know mm-hmm. girls rank 50 in the world they don't get that they might have a coach but you know or they might share a coach or they might share a trainer but uh you know it's it's not uh, it's difficult, right? And and that's why I think college tennis, especially, is a great uh, it's a great experience. Number one, but but it, it also helps you if that's what your ultimate aspirations are, is to play the next level. Well, totally. And like you know what you just said, I totally agree with because I watch you know obviously watching a lot of individual tournaments. My brothers played like I took him to sure. Jakarta for a couple of um, futures, sure. and we had two and a half weeks there. And literally, it was like me on the sideline watching him. Sure. Um, no one else. Everyone's in the hotel yeah. room, like on their phone, chilling out. And then they finish their match and they get off and then they're done for the day. And then yeah. I went and watched my brother play um, Davis Cup in Auckland. And one yeah. great role model for athletes is a guy in New Zealand named Finn Turney. He went to Pepperdine, yeah. did well. Um, now he's in New Zealand working in property development, but he's still playing some really good tennis. Right. Yeah, recently. Yeah, absolutely. And like, um, so, you know, he's playing um, in, the, in the New Zealand Davis Cup team, Finn, and, you know, after Ajit wins the first point, just see all the guys standing up clapping. And then 
I go yeah. inside to grab a beer during the match uh, with my friend, my university friends, and there's guys by the bar like trying to grab their drinks and say, "Quickly, we've got to go support the boys." And my brother doesn't even know these guys, but they just come to support. Right. Like that that team environment is so attractive for athletes, and I'm sure. totally on the same page with you because tennis is a very lonely sport and financially stressful as well. And so, <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I mean, no yeah. doubt about it. But, yeah. So. I mean, now you're at LSU. Now, there's not many athletes have had the opportunity to, you know, go and visit the facilities and, you know, understand, like, what it's actually like there. Can you please walk us through a little bit about how the setup is? Sure. I mean, again, that's where, you know, I think it's another advantage of playing in college, especially at the highest levels. You know, you've got facilities that are like national training centers for, yeah. um, for athletes, right? And, and um, you know, whether it's football or American football or soccer or tennis or yeah. uh, track. I mean, you're, you're training in facilities that are as good as the Olympic trainers yes. have. and you're training with coaches that are that level and you've got physios that are that level. And, yes. Um, you know, you've got resources behind you that are that level. So, you know, I mean, I, I think we've got as nice a facility as anybody in the country. Sure. Um, we've got indoor courts and we, you know, we don't really even need them. It doesn't get that cold here in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, does rain a fair amount we uh, we have a pretty rainy season so you know we 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 have great indoor facilities great outdoor facilities we have great uh, gyms to work out in we've got great coaches and um, you know it, it really college sports at the highest level you, you've got facilities and and uh, resources that are that are like Olympic level resources second to none for sure I mean yeah. I've visited, I've had the opportunity to visit some smaller division one colleges in the States and even sure. those resources yeah. were mind blowing. I mean, imagine Absolutely. you guys, I mean, you guys are American football champions. I can imagine you guys right. facilities are definitely got a lot, a lot of money put into it. And, um, you know, stuff like that, like going and watching other sports, were you part of that? Did you go and watch the, the final? I, I did actually. Yeah. yeah? Was, How was that for us? It was only about an hour away and, and, you know, a credit to our great university, uh, our administration gave every employee a ticket and they gave us a, a ride down there and it was, you know, something we couldn't pass up. So it was fantastic. And, you know, an LSE football game is like an experience, like I've never yeah. experienced in my life and, and, uh, you know, what a cool way to, to win it in our home state too. And, and, um, you know, but sports are a big deal at LSU and, and yeah. uh, it's fun to win, win, win that championship, no doubt about it. Yeah. And so like, you know, talking a little bit about when you're recruiting athletes now, obviously you, I heard your phone go off quite a few times. You must get a lot of messages coming through constantly um, about recruits. What sort of separates recruits from the rest when you look at them? Is it purely results or is it a bit more than that? Well, I mean, you know, I would say tennis is probably a little more unique than most sports in that, um, you know, results do, of course, matter, right? And, and you're right. going to have to find guys that have, that are proven winners at the level you want to be at. And, yeah. um, but, you know, we're recruiting athletes that are, you know, let's say they're 16, 17, 18 years old, and, and right. you have to try to project to how they'll play when they're fully developed physically, right? So now when they're 20, 21, they've, they've, they've grown fully. They're as strong as they can, you know, or at least starting to peak as an athlete. Um, but also you have to figure out, um, being that tennis is an individual sport, you have to try to figure out which guys or girls would fit in well with the team. Um, that is, you know, uh, you know, a big change for a lot of tennis players, especially, and I would imagine golfers, 
um, you know, you're still in a team here and, and you have to go to practice with the same group every day. You're, um, you're, you know, some days you may not do every drill you want to do. Um, some days you may not get as much time as you'd like, um, because, you know, the coaches have to coach a whole team, right? Yeah. We we may go to a tournament that you would rather have played a different tournament. Right. And, um, you know, so it's, you have to make some sacrifices and, um, you know, especially our level, you know, of course there's some great players, but, you know, you've got to have great character, especially nowadays. Um, you know, I think the demands of a student athlete today are, are higher than they've ever been. Um, you know, our, our kids honestly are busier than a normal person who has a nine to five job, you know, they, they get up at, you know, I don't know, five to seven o'clock in the morning. And they, you know, they're at the court some days at seven in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're doing fitness super early in the morning and then they go to class or have practice with us in the morning. And then, you know, they have some quick lunch and then they're back at practice in the afternoon and then they've got some fitness and then they may go to a tutor and, you know, their day may, may be 12, 14 hours. Right. And, uh, and not only that, it's very, uh, you know, what I, what I don't, you know, people don't understand that don't play sports is it's not just mentally draining, you know, like if I'm an accountant or if I make a phone call, yeah, it's, it can be work, you know, even if I do that for eight, 10 hours, but it's not physical. I'm not tired really, you know, yeah. and, and that's where these guys, you know, and girls, they're, they're, they're physically pushing themselves every day, mentally pushing themselves with school. And uh, it's tough, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very demanding thing to be a collegiate athlete at the highest level. And, um, but I, personally think if you talk to anybody that made it through and was successful they would say look that was one of the hardest things I've ever done it taught me a lot about managing my time it taught me a lot about working with other people um and then they're pretty much prepared for anything right uh for what's next right they they understand how to deal with adversity um and um and you know they're they're adaptable which I think especially in this world today you have to be more than anything Oh, look, you've, you've completely just ticked all those boxes there for a student athlete. I mean, it's being a student athlete's tough. Um, you know, so many people think you just rock up, you wear some cool merch and rock up to practice, play the sport you love, and then go to class yeah. and do it. I mean, I went to university and I never went on a sports scholarship to America, which is what inspired me to start this, um, this company. But, yeah. you know, doing a full degree on its own is brutal. And then being like a full-time professional, you know, lifestyle athlete is another ball game on its own. And then you've yeah. got traveling to and from. And literally, like, I mean, so many athletes I talk to, they say, Amrit, I've never napped before during the day of my life. They've scheduled, like, 15 to 20-minute power naps. And, um, yeah, it's, it's full-time. But I guess it definitely develops character at a young age for them so they can go on on the next part of their life. Um, but I mean, you know, you guys compete in a very good conference. How was it traveling to different venues and going to the NCAAs? Like, how was that experience? Well, I mean, you know, the SEC, you know, is one of the strongest conferences, if not the yeah. strongest conference in, in all sports and tennis is no different. And, um, you know, we, we, we were lucky to be in such a strong conference because you got great resources, you got great competition, you got great wow. schools to compete against. Um, you know, and, and then you're trying to, you're trying to beat them all, right. Which is, yeah. it can be tough. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to be one of the best programs in the country and, right. and, uh, you know, we're not quite there yet, but we've got, um, we've got the schedule, we've got the facilities, 
you know, we've got a great group of, you know, athletes, the student athletes here. And, and, um, you know, I think we're all extremely lucky, uh, to be at LSU. And, and, uh, because again, like I told you, I, in my opinion, playing in college is, is a, is a ton of fun, right? It's yeah. a ton of fun to coach, ton of fun for the players. And, um, you know, I, the other thing, it just goes by fast. You know, the, these, uh, you know, you were just probably felt like one that long ago you were in university and now you're, yeah. you know, now you're in the real yeah. world and you probably miss those days when you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> even though they feel tough. That's what our, you know, these student athletes don't understand is they, uh, and the days are tough, right. But they're also a lot of fun and yeah. you're, you, you won't experience being around that group, um, ever again in your life, unless you're in a professional sports setting. I can't, you know, yeah. Just that, you know, for me as a player, my favorite times were just in the locker room, not even necessarily playing, just being around that group and yeah, um, and being at practice, you know, and I know it would be tough, um, but practice, I just, personally, I just remember practices and being in the locker room with those, with that group of, uh, my group of guys and it's so much fun just on a day-to-day basis, competing with each other, pushing each other, messing around with each other, right? Um, cause you don't get that when you're, you know, if you're a lawyer or a business owner or whatever, you don't have that, you know, yeah. it's, it, and then you got responsibilities, right. And, yeah. and, uh, and you'll never replicate that. But, um, you know, I, I personally think it's just such a special, uh, environment, very unique environment that, you know, I, I hope everybody gets to experience it if they have the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I read that every freshman that comes into your program leaves with SEC honors, which is amazing. And, um, you know, like you guys produce a great amount of top recruits. Uh, you develop them to where they want to go professional. What is, how, is, how does that stepping stone work? Do you take athletes to future events or other professional events? Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, we have taken guys to uh, professional events, um, but, you know, it depends on the player, right? Not all our guys have professional aspirations. Right. The ones that do, we need to take them to those kind of events. And uh, as we've recruited better and better players, that's what some of them want to do. You know, and and we probably aren't able to take them just as many as they like, but um, we do as best we can. And, you know, I think it's it's also just kind of, uh, uh, you know, just like anything else, if you want to uh, be great in something, you've got to keep, you know, keep, keep going up into the higher level, see what it's like, see what you're missing so you can go back home and work on your game or work on whatever you're trying to do um, so that the next time you get there, you're more well-prepared, right? Right. Uh, and, um, you know, we've got guys that want to do that and, and so, you know, or recruits that want to do that. And so that's, that's what we like to do. Um, uh, but you know, I think college tennis at the highest level is still an extremely high, uh, level of tennis and, and, um, you play under tremendous pressure and, uh, you know, that in and of itself to me is just a great, uh, great way to help develop you as a player and a person. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that when I talk to a lot of my athletes that are not particularly at the highest level at D1, some of them, uh, you know, they're, they're there for the more social things. But they said to me, when I walk into college, when I leave college, I'm so much more stronger in here. And, you know, like, I feel like I can handle my own. I feel like I can compete more. And, you know, one of the guys that I've seen a big difference in is my good friend, KP Panu, who was the number one in Division Two college tennis uh, yeah. at Columbus State. And, you know, I saw him go into the college system. Um, he was a very strong recruit. 
you know, won a lot of ITF events, uh, won a lot of national titles in New Zealand, went to the States and did the same thing. But you just see him just slowly doing this constantly just because it's like his, men his mentality on the court was insane. You know, sure. he, he was developing that under pressure when I was watching him play. He did really well. He didn't, he didn't really break. And so that's one thing that I know that, you know, college tennis really helps a lot of recruits. Have you ever had the problem of student athletes coming there and getting homesick or any issues? Or how do you deal with that? Sure. I mean, you know, um, I think that's a natural, uh, you know, occurrence at any program, right? And you try to do your best to, to talk about these things with your recruits ahead of time. But, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for anybody. It's a new situation. Yeah. Right? And I think we're pretty patient about that with these guys. And, you know, that's where, you know, sometimes we've, we had a player come here in January, mid-year, and, you know, he's, he was a young guy, freshman, very talented player, but, you know, he's, he had some growing pains because he hadn't quite gotten used to the environment, gotten used to the coaches, gotten used to the team, gotten used to the physicality of practice and matches. Um, you know, and that's what's nice about coming in the fall is you kind of get those, uh, you know, you get to experience things and get a feel for things a little quicker, right? Um, and, but, you know, it, it, it's just like anything else. I mean, it is a big, let's say you're from New Zealand and you go to the United States, it's going to be a big change, right? Yeah. I mean, we have a different culture here, right? Or wherever country you go to, um, you know, people are going to act diff more differently than you're used to, right? And, and not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just different, right? And, you know, you might be going into a classroom and the teachers teach differently than you're used to, right? And, and um, you're just, you're around a totally new group of people. So naturally that takes time, right? And um, I think, you know, for the most part, all coaches in college, I think understand that, right? I mean, these are young people that are generally coming to college about 18 years old. You know, they're still trying to figure out who they are as people. Um, and then you're putting them into a, a high performance environment, uh, a new environment, might be a new country. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of change to take on in a short period of time. And, it, and that takes time to figure out. Yeah, to I totally agree with you there. And, um, you know, I've spoken to quite a few coaches um, in the States. And, you know, I often hear coaches saying they like the athletes playing closer to the baseline, moving forward, being aggressive. They don't really kind of like the clay court style of play where they sit a meter behind the baseline and grind. What's your take on that? And how do you um, work with your players? And what kind of style do you guys like playing? Sure. I mean, I think, look, I, I think it's always nice to want to control the action, right? And I think that's what people are saying. I mean, yeah, of course, if I hit a great shot, I'm probably going to move up in the court and control the point. Um, but, you know, you got to play the right way. There's times where you're going to have to play defensive, right? Or you might be a defensive style tennis player. Right. I mean, you know, so, so, I mean, we don't really like coach every guy the same way. We're going to try to help you win with your strengths, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, we all wish we had, you know, John Isner or Andy Roddick serve and or Serena's, you know, backhand or whatever, but most people don't, right? So you try to figure out what works for you, um, you know, but then again, I do believe strongly that, you know, under important moments, if you play your game, most of the time, the person that's willing to play aggressive and put it on the line and plays to win usually wins, right? Um and what's cool about college tennis now is we have a no-ad scoring situation. Yes. And, you know, every point's important, right? And there's no doubt in my mind, the guys and girls that win those important moments, they're the ones that play aggressive, right? And, and that doesn't mean they necessarily are coming to the net, right? It just means they're, 
they're going for their shots, right? They're yes. playing their game. They're, they're trying to control the action. So, you know, I think it's, I know that's kind of a vague answer, but I, I think everybody's different, man. You know, yeah. Leighton Hewitt, Hewitt wasn't <laughs> necessarily, you know, yeah. coming to the net playing aggressive, but well, you know, he was an aggressive player, but different style of game than Pete Sampras, right? Or yeah. Um, you need to play your game that makes you successful, or at least try to do that under pressure, right? Yeah. Oh, look, um, yeah, again, like I said, I talk, I agree with you there. I mean, so many times, like, even when I was coaching tennis back in the day, I hear coaches, like, telling every single player, like, stay close to the baseline, hit it, be aggressive. Um, sometimes they take bigger swings than others, and they need to take, you know, they're getting caught out on their back foot because they can't prepare fast enough for – um, you know, that sometimes the way that their swing line is, they can't put enough shape on the ball um, if they've, they've got no time. So I guess yeah, building the player to what they have already is really important. And I guess like, you know, like a Cameron Norrie is going to be a bit different to a John Isner, isn't it? Of so. course. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, and, and there's there, you got to know, you know, I, I think you should always try to build your strengths, right. And figure out what you're yeah. good at. Right. And then keep trying to replicate that. Keep trying to get better at that. Um, you know, Nadal, of course, is going to work on certain things, but they might be a little bit different than what Federer is doing, but they can both be really good. And, and uh, you know, as long as you're trying to work on your game and trying to improve, I mean, I think, I think you can be successful playing different styles, right? Awesome. And just last question, there's a lot of kids in New Zealand and Australia that I work with that are currently in, you know, isolation. They can't leave home. To, they can't go to a tennis facility to train at all. Sure. Otherwise, they'll get a fine from the police. Um, so, what kind of things can they do if they can't touch a racket? What kind of fitness things would you recommend athletes doing? Would you recommend them doing like more plyometric training or, you know, will they go for sure. a long distance run in the morning sort of thing? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, look, this is a unique time. And, and uh, you know, the first thing first, you try to get your, your mental health right, you know, make sure you're feeling okay. And, and uh, but physical activity helps you feel better. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if you can do some, you know, do a, take a run or if you can do some push-ups or if you can, you know, find something to do, I think it's going to make you feel better about yourself and the situation we're all in right now. But, you know, I do think, look, this is a, this is a tough time in our sport of tennis because um, no one's playing tournaments around the world. And, you know, we might be one of the last sports to get back to normalcy because we're such an international sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to say that, that the ITF has said there's no, definitely no tournaments at least until the middle of June or maybe it's July. I'm not I think it's July. Remember. Yeah. So, so, I mean, look, you're, you know, you're going to have to think long-term here. Right. And, and, you know, it, the, the most important thing is that you're in good physical condition, you're in good uh, mental, you know, well-being. And, uh, but yeah, if you can work on anything you can work on now is going to give you a head start on your competition. Once we things go back to normal. Awesome. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And I know a lot of kids are going to get a lot of valuable information out of this. You know, there's, there's some kids that are messaging me that are like 13, 14 years old. that are like, I want to go play D1 college tennis. And I love right. it. I love well, it. I it's was awesome. there. That's what I wanted to do. You know, it's, yeah. it's again, to me, you're not going to, uh, especially in this day and age with players playing at a much older age, you know, if you have the opportunity, I would do it, you know, unless you're, you know, one in the world in juniors or something. And, and why not give it a shot for a couple of years until you've proven you're too good for this level. Right. And, and yeah. then go to the next step. But, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't trade playing college tennis for anything in the world. And, and, uh, and I think it's a great experience for anybody. 
Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, man. It's good to see you. And yeah, you know, hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, hopefully, we'll talk again soon. Yes, absolutely. And next time uh, we meet, I'll be bringing you to New Zealand. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Have a good one, man. All right.